0: Welcome, Hacker Public Radio listeners, to another episode of Phoenix's Student Hacker's Guide to Linux. My name's Aaron Finnan, but as usual, you guys can call me Phoenix. Uh, well, yet again this month, I've had a successful interview uh, with Benny Kiedersliegers. He is one of the organizers uh, of an event called BrewCon, uh, and he's also a security consultant as well. Um, I should warn you the sound quality of the interview. There is a slight problems here and there, but for most parts it's listenable. Um, I can only apologize for this. Uh, I hope you guys enjoy, and I'll speak to you all soon. Welcome, Hacker Public Radio listeners. I'm speaking to a good friend of mine, Benny, on Skype. Uh, Benny, could you introduce yourself to the Hacker Public Radio listeners?
1: Yeah, thanks, Aaron. Uh, My name is Benny Keterslegers. I'm a security consultant for. small belgium company in uh, belgium uh, i started as a system administrator like a lot of us uh, probably did uh... then i moved on to uh... network uh, uh, network admin and uh, network architectures after a few years uh... but uh, i've always been very interesting in, in the security aspects uh, of that so was always firewall uh, related intrusion detection systems, uh, et system hardening. And, uh, well, actually stumbled into security consulting, uh, something I've always wanted to do. And I've been doing that for uh, two and a half years.
0: And you're enjoying it, yeah?
1: Yeah, but it's like uh, jumping in the deep uh, end of the pool. <laughs> like There's so much you can do in security. I think, a few years back, you could do a bit of everything and be a generalist, and that's almost impossible today. Uh, I think uh, a few of my friends are pen testers and uh, if I look at that, you see that it's re- really a split into two domains, network pen testing and application pan-testing. And uh, a lot of the people I know would specialise in one of the two. It's almost impossible to be the best in both.
0: Okay, so I mean what what's sort of like your day to day routine as, as a, a security consultant then?
1: Well, I know it's hard but I, I still try to be a generalist so it, it it really the on of the assignments that were given to me one week I could be in installing a firewall the other week I, I could be uh, writing security policies uh, for, for companies uh, and because I was really interested in that part uh, as well because a well, a technical installation is, is, is still quite easy it's just follow the manual configure it but then if you really look at an organization on that level is what what do you need to allow, uh, what are the business risks and uh, well it's been very interesting to have a look on that side of, as well
0: What sort of advice would you give for people who are interested in getting into security, um, what sort of you know after the lessons that you've learned what sort of advice would you give someone who came to you and said you know I really want to to be in to being a security consultant what, what should I watch out for?
1: that uh, there are a few good uh, security resources that you can start to follow of course there's a lot you can find off the internet but uh, I like to, to follow security blogs and there are a few good ones in the security blog network so like in uh, concentration of security feeds uh, there are better ones in there and there are a f- few uh, that aren't that good but uh, you can subscribe to that and then look at the best ones and then unsubscribe and just subscribe
0: on the on the on the ones you really like. Yeah, just kind of tr- test them and see, sort of thing.
1: Yeah, yeah. Because some are related uh, to, to 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 business risks, risks or business continuity. Some are pentesting related, forensics, and you really need to look at what you're interested in. Because if you try to follow them all. The, the and I've tried it. You, uh, it's too much. It's information overload, especially if you start with Twitter.
0: <laughs> so, how much of the day would you think that you spend reading blogs? Then, I mean, I know I spend, God knows, I, I must spend a, at least an hour a day, and if I don't spend an hour a day reading them, I'll I'll have to spend two hours the next day. Uh, but do you spend well, like? It's exactly the same. Yeah, I, uh I, I we were speaking to to Chris John Riley recently. Um, and he was saying that, you know, if you take a week away from your email in your in your blogs, you are know, gonna need you're gonna have to spend about a week reading it all back up again. And I couldn't agree any more with Blake.
1: Yeah, and I think Twitter depends if you have a, a, a mobile that allows you to follow the tweets during the day or not. Uh, I use a netbook and a 3G connection, and uh, if I have a break, I tend to try to really catch up to them, so I don't have to spend an hour in the evening catching up on on all the messages because actually well there's the blogs that I follow but actually like a lot of people describe Twitter as microblogging uh... that's that's true I think because a lot of the interesting articles and links uh, that I read I get from Twitter and it's really faster and interactive and well you can Respond to people, ask questions, uh, give your opinion, and it's really more interactive than just
0: blogging. I think uh, I think Twitter is um, a very good way for people to to distribute information quickly. If they find an interesting link, if they write an interesting blog article, did it, it just seems a, uh, uh, you know, I, I was a bit dubious about the hundred and forty characters at the first, but but I kind of like the short, sweet snap. And come and have a look at this, boom! And you know, and I, I have a, l- I have quite a few people on my Twitter as well, and and I couldn't agree more. You, you find out a lot of first-hand information um, through your Twitter contacts, things that people have actually found in real time, that they're actually dealing with there and then, rather than you know what you're coming across in in, in feeds, which might be a couple of days old and so on and so forth. Um, but it's it's a great tool, Twitter. I'm mean, I'm a big Twitter fan, to be honest with you.
1: Yeah. It's it's after a time it starts to be a little bit uh, addictive.
0: <laughs> I mean I'm lucky I uh, I don't have it on my mobile phone. I'm not much of a mobile phone person to be honest with you. Um, I spend enough time in front of a computer to, to you know if you can't get me by email you really just can't get me. It's the long and short of that. Um, but I, I have it. I am incredibly lazy. I have Twitter Fox. Um, because my kind of whole logic to that is, is if I don't have a web browser window open I, I'm, I'm just I'm not doing any you know I'm not working on anything so I'm, you know I'm, I've got my head down in something um, so but yeah I mean I'm, I, d- I don't get caught up with clients or anything like that I uh, I just get myself into trouble if I did
1: yeah I understand do you know the security tweets list
0: I actually haven't come across it um, so it's news to me
1: well it's like the Security Blogger Network uh, from Alan Schimmel. but then uh, Twitter-focused. actually, it's just a directory of uh, security people on Twitter. And uh, if you just Google "security tweets," uh, you will find that it's on the Nowhere.org, uh, mm-hmm. I think, website. It's managed by uh, Zach,
0: and well, there's a perfect list to begin with. Super some really interesting people. Mm-hmm, I'll have to look into that, that's a good bit of information. Yeah,
1: Nowhere.org with the zero uh, in the BLA instead of okay, the O. Right.
0: Can you hear me typing away in the background here? <laughs> <coughs> right, um, I mean, what sort of kind of security threats do you come across um, in your, your day-to-day kind of business? Well,
1: it's more like uh, the, the organizational risks that focus on productivity and new installation, and actually don't take the time of have the resources to really maintain their system. And with that, I, I, I mean patch management, uh, looking at logs, uh, really, really
0: ma- maintenance of the environment. And you see that a lot. So, I mean, would you? Would you say it's kind of when you go into a, into an organization or a company that you know sometimes they're the kind of unprepared for the realism of what what's actually out there.
1: Well, it it depends um, on on the activity of the company. Um, if if um, it's a financial institution those people really have a higher risk of being attacked and they tend to be more aware of, of, of the importance of security and a lot of other companies um, don't have the same mentality and it really depends on, on, on really yeah, the, the governance and the, the IT management of that environment and, uh, you can have Two companies in the same industry and, and still be be a lot different from e- each other.
0: I think yeah, I think you you know you you raise a fair point, especially with finance institutes because they've been such targets for so long that that you know I, I think it's a case of you know and sometimes maybe it's a case of what Mrs Jones has because another finance institute is looking having a security consultant come in, then you know this fine you know we should have a security consultant come in and. and because I suppose that atmosphere in finance is—they're so used to being targets. I suppose it's a lot different for uh, you know, a, you know, a company that, you know, makes engine parts or something, where you know they probably don't have to think about them being in a, a a target for for black hats as 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 much.
1: Well, I think most companies do have a basic level of security, and it, it's actually a lot easier to just. Uh, target home users or, or or the clients, because well the, the the average person isn't really aware of 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 security and, and how to secure his, his computer, because it's mm-hmm. it's become really really difficult because even if you have automatic Windows updates, a lot of people tend to forget all of the plugins and additional software that they have installed and. There, there isn't enough of um, controls and checks on that. Uh, I, t- I'm talking about uh, Acrobat Reader PDFs, uh, readers. <laughs> there is a lot of isu- issues at the moment with that one. A lot of discussion with uh, the lack of patches that were yeah. available from like, Adobe because there was uh, active exploitation on the, on the internet uh, in that one. Uh, QuickTime, uh, flush Player, uh, just to name a few of them.
0: So, would you would you say kind of one of the the biggest then is maybe the lack of? I, I don't want to education because that that's such a strong term to use, but the lack of uh, of of understanding that some home users have that their their system is vulnerable to a whole whole host of problems, and thus from there can be used. In a whole host of other things like you know the BBC botnet scandal and all of this sort of stuff.
1: Well, we've been telling people to patch their systems, but with patching, they know well the Windows update button that isn't enough today anymore. And, and install an antivirus, and then yeah, install um, a firewall and antivirus, and then you should be safe. And that was maybe true two years ago, today it's it's. it's just uh, yeah, not enough I anymore.
0: I mean, the, the flip side as well is, you know, that's just one vector as well. I mean, never mind how people are vulnerable from, you know, web host attacks as well. And, and you know, the, the, the forums that the members of having their email address and password stolen from those forum databases and deploying such poor password security as, you know, as them to have the same email address and password... For the Hotmail account, the PayPal account, their Gmail account, and, you know, uh, you you know, we're just talking about the threats that they're having at the home computer. Never mind what's actually happening in the internet as a whole as well. I mean, it, it amazes me. I mean, I, I was listening to a talk yesterday about you know web hacking, and you know the the, the guy was saying you know if we take if we take a shared host and we we pop all of those those websites and we get all of those databases and we have in the end fifty thousand email addresses, you know, even if a small percentage of those people are using the same Hotmail address and password as what the what is what their Hotmail account is, then you know the chances are they're going to do the same for their PayPal and blah 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 blah. And and it just amazes me when you think about how you know how many. How few people you would meet in the street actually appreciate the severity of something like
1: that. Yeah, and you see the, another problem arising. That's uh, the whole, yeah the social networks and then Facebook and because people uh, tend to put too much information on their profiles and then like you got a few incidents like uh, the Yahoo account of Senator Palin that got hacked by just using public information. And I've
0: Did you hear about Kevin Mitnick on Facebook?
1: Yeah, <laughs> that was really funny. Like, just, yeah, this account suspended because there were that many fake accounts and they thought his was also a fake. And, well, actually, he couldn't prove to well, he'd
0: registered with a fake name, hadn't he? He'd registered with a fake name, as far as yeah. I understand. And he was having great problems in proving he actually was Kevin Mitnick. And I think he said... Uh, I think I read it on the register and I think he said something like, you know, I've had a career of being able to prove that quite convincingly I'm whoever I say I am and now I need to prove I'm exactly who I am. Okay, I can't do it. Mm, yeah. <laughs> but but uh, I, I thought that was a, a brilliant twist of fate to be True, honest with
1: yeah,
0: you. Exactly. <laughs> um, so I mean, I, I suppose then in reality it goes without saying that you kind of think one of the biggest security threats in the future is, is is users not understanding the the that they need to they need to start protecting themselves rather than than expecting someone else to do it.
1: Well, user education could help, but, but the question is, who's who's going to do it?
0: I think you know, it's a great point. I think at the end of the day, it, you know, you can't ask a company. To take responsibility, you know. Uh, at the end of the day, I, I've said this before. You know, you wouldn't jump into a car without, you know, learning how to drive first. And you know, and, and I think in reality, with computing as well, that that you know, it is up to the, to the responsibility of the user to go out and, and make sure what they're doing is a secure environment. I mean. Hacking's not a hidden term anymore. I mean, it's in the papers every single day. I mean, you know, I find it hard to believe that anyone who's using a computer doesn't realise that there there could be someone out there trying to get their data. Uh, I think that you know they say this in UK law: ignorance isn't a defence. I'm not saying that black hats are right or anything like that, but at the end of the day, you know, some users need to start taking responsibility. For, for, for their own safety.
1: Well actually I had an interesting discussion uh, with a friend online and uh, we used the same comparison that, that you just did but I said to him well, we were making a little bit fun of end users that they don't take enough responsibility and that they don't take enough measures to protect themselves, to patch your systems, etc. and um, actually I said to him well, Looking on another uh point of view, I drive a car, I know how to drive it, but if anything happens to the engine, I wouldn't know how to fix it myself. And isn't that more a little bit more the same analogy?
0: Well, yeah, you you know, you, you you could go down that route but you know, I'm not saying to users when the hard drive breaks they should know how to fix it. You know, I'm not I'm I'm not saying that, you know, if if the graphics card burns up, they shouldn't take it to a computer shop and they shouldn't get it fixed that way. I'm, I'm not. I'm, that's not kind of m- my point in uh, that I'm trying to make. Uh, at the end of the day, it, w- it was just that, like I say. I mean, it's a- just about vigilance. Uh, I mean, I suppose in fairness, the other analogy we could use is that you, you know, you wouldn't leave the house with the front door wide open. So why would you leave your network wide open? You know that 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 sort of stuff. But. Y- you're right as well I mean uh, as an industry as well I suppose we need to start taking some responsibility and in, in, you know educate and I think I think the security industry is doing g- you know it's doing quite a lot at the moment you think about how many of us guys are all out there blogging and, and doing stuff and uh, it's quite interesting I suppose yeah
1: but uh, I, I know some of the other security consultants and, and, and security bloggers that's um one of the tools that we really like to check our systems from missing security patches is a online scanner from Secunia. I don't know if you know it, Secunia Online Security
0: Inspector. No no I've not come across that, no.
1: Well, it actually looks at your system, and it, it doesn't matter if it's Winamp or QuickTime. Or if if it's not the latest version, it, it will it will just put it in the report, and you are like missing this version and that patch. and And it's really hard to get a hundred percent up to date system. Even who we who are security experts and, and, and consultants, well, there's a lot of, of of software on your PC that you forget about that could be upgraded. And I haven't run it in a while. I'm, I'm a little bit afraid to do it. I do tend to install the most important patches. But
0: I, I think you're right. I think the probably the worst culprits for for secure systems is probably security people. Um, you never take your own advice. It's like telling people to back up. You never do it yourself, do you?
1: <laughs> well, I'm I'm guilty on that one. I, I never do it. Luckily most of my information is, is Mine, um, out, in um, <laughs> out in the cloud. i much the same. Out in the cloud. I I didn't want to say that. It's such because that will take us through a whole lot of discussion.
0: It's such it's such the buzzword at the moment. The cloud. But yeah, it's it, mine's. I'm much the same. Everything's out on the internet as well. Um, what's kind of like your? I'll put you put you in a, in a spot for a second. I mean, what's your top security tip then for? for for use, home users? Well, oh, actually, the one I just mentioned isn't the bad one. Uh,
1: most security uh, consultants or, or the people I um, uh, chat with online use Secunia to just ha- check the health of their, their own PCs, and that's the, the best tip I can give today. Uh, if you Google Secunia o- OSI, Online Software Inspector, it's probably the first link uh, that you'll find. Okay, and how do you spell uh, Secunia? S E C U
0: N I A. So that's S E C U N I A. Yeah. Right. Okay. Super. You
1: can you can install it. I think it's free for home use. Uh, then it's the the personal software inspector, or just use it like an ActiveX plugin. I think also it works with Java so you don't need to have uh, to use the, the ActiveX
0: I, um, I, I think I've kind of asked you all the security questions that I want to ask and I, I've got a question that I want to ask you now and I, I know this is going to take us down a, a very interesting path. but what are your plans for the future Benny? I'm hoping you'll mention BrewCon <laughs> <laughs>
1: well that's present and future um we started with the idea to have a security slash hacker conference in belgium because there are a few really cool ones uh in the netherlands uh, hacking at random and in germany at uh, the computer congress and uh there, there were a few friends of mine who said wouldn't it be cool to have something like that in belgium and before we knew it uh well we were talking about how we could start it and looking for uh, venues to organize it and I think in, in January we said, well, we're about ready to really start and uh, we we made a reservation for a venue uh, we started with a website, we launched a call of papers and I think it's now three months far uh... the call of paper is still open for people who are interesting and uh... well we have uh, some uh... people that we already confirmed like Christopher Hoff with his uh, cloud computing talk which which I'm really looking forward to um, and well actually I'm not going to give out too much details because really a lot still have, has to be decided the call of paper is still open. Uh, the workshops are getting organized. Uh, some of the hacker spaces in Europe are are coming. Um, you can actually look up uh, a directory of of different hacker spaces and uh, around the world. Hackerspaces.org. I don't know if uh,
0: you know about that website. I think I've come across it before actually, um, not for a while but I think I have yeah. Um, so for the HPR audience you've basically been organising a a security congress in Brussels. Um, so how much time has this been taking out of your day-to-day life then Benny?
1: Well a lot of my evenings uh, are because there's a lot of... Uh uh, organization involved um just trying to figure out uh what kind of system we were going to use for the website uh for, for the wiki that we w- want you to launch the mailing list uh looking for people volunteers who want to help uh reaching out to speakers because of course it, it was the first edition and we we are not that known to speakers so uh we just looked a bit around for people that could be really interesting for our event and, and just sent me email uh, some were people that we met at uh, other security conferences and uh, well it's really starting to pick up uh, also on the volunteer side uh, the sponsors because we said we don't want to have a big commercial event more an event uh, for the security community so we want to really try to have low income prices so that uh, even students could uh, come and just well
0: learn about uh, security and well maybe have a career in, sc- in security I, uh, I notice your media sponsors are uh, uh, the
1: Hack9 well that's one of the media partners that we have, that's a Hacking9 uh, magazine that should be quite known with some of the security uh, uh, I
0: Have yeah we, we have we have a subscription to that at the university and everything like that, it's a very popular yeah. popular magazine with some of the boys. I have one myself. <laughs> so, just, uh, I understand your events on September the 18th to September the 19th, uh, is that correct? Yeah, yeah, that's correct. And for people who are wanting to try and find more information about your event, they can visit is it www.brucon.org, which is dot org? is is that right? That's yeah. The one.
1: yeah and there, there's everything on there the most up-to-date information is more in the form of a blog so if we're announcing workshops or, or speakers it's more on the blog at this moment but if we have enough uh, then we will put it really in, 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 in an overview of the program with all the speakers and all the workshops. But that should be ready end of next month. So uh, when the call of papers is really done and we've we've finished with reviewing everything.
0: So if if someone from the Hacker Public Radio audience um was was in Belgium and, and thought they could give you know, thought they could add something to to brewcon or if they knew someone they could get in contact with you in the next couple of weeks and maybe submit something to you to see you know that those options are still open at the moment then
1: yeah normally the call of papers is uh, ending end of March but because some of the organizers will be taking a few days of holiday begin of April uh... We don't have time to review everything, so if you submit something in the first week of April, it should be fine. We'll you'll have a look. No promises. <laughs> well, I think about after the first week, uh, by tenth of April, we will take the entire list, go through it, uh, well, make some decisions, and then contact everyone to see uh, what's really interesting and what's not, and. Uh, like, I've seen some submissions about SQL injection and, well, of course we won't have five talks about SQL injection. Uh, because, you know, well, one one good talk about SQL injection is more than enough. But uh, it's quite diverse at this moment, but uh, the thing I'm a bit missing is uh, the non-security talks like uh, uh, law, Privacy. I haven't seen too many of those. um, Well, if you know someone who could give an interesting talk about uh, privacy issues uh, regarding uh, RFID, uh, data surveillance, uh, CCTV, well, just go to our website and let us know.
0: Okay. And if anyone's wanting to help out and volunteer, can they get in contact with you through the site as well? Yeah. Yeah, there's a link to the email address, so just drop us
1: a note. Uh, if you want to give a workshop, uh, some of the hackerspaces are going to do something with uh, Arduino. I don't know if I pronounce it correctly. It's a really popular uh, PCB board that you can use to make uh, sandwich robots, apparently. That's one of the <laughs> things I've seen online. Uh, like, pseudo, sudo make me a sandwich. <laughs>
0: It's the best way of explaining pseudo to anyone. If, if if people haven't seen that comic strip before, there's a um I'll link to it in the show notes. Uh, it's absolutely hilarious. Yeah, um, it's cruel. <laughs> I um is there kinda anything you want to kinda promote about BrewCon this year? Is there anything you wanna, kinda want to get out to people?
1: Well, it's really an, an open event. If if you have something that you think is, is, is interesting, just submit it and we can talk about it. Um, because um, we made the decision to have it at the end of the week and the second day is on a Saturday. Uh, we had the idea to make it a little bit of a family event uh, and maybe to have uh, uh, some kind of a hacker workshop for kids. So we're still looking for some fun ideas for that. So if, if you know something to do, uh, program robots or uh, uh, something, uh, something like that. So um, well, let us know. Benny, uh, do you do you have a blog? I have a blog. Uh, it's called Security for All with uh, the number four. Uh, and I've been blogging on on that one for the last uh, two years. Uh, and I'm a bit ashamed to say that uh, with Brewcon, I haven't blogged uh, much last month. Right. Well,
0: well, I'll I'll link to, I'll link to your your blog and and Brewcon in my show notes and everything like that um, is there kind of anything you? you know, I mean, obviously I've, I've asked you about Brewcon, but is there anything you kind of? want uh, to talk about with the Hacker Public Radio listeners or have we covered everything? <laughs> not, I'm not meaning to put you on the, on the hop there, sorry. It's just like, is, uh, is, you know, just wrapping up if there's anything else that you'd like people to know about?
1: Um, I cannot think of anything at this moment. Um. Well, no, uh, besides my blog and uh, the Brucon organization, there isn't much time left.
0: (laughs) I was going to say, you're not going to have much time at all. Um, Benny, I'd like to thank you very much for this opportunity to speak to you. It's it's been fantastic and I've been very interested. um, And I'd like to wish you all the success with Brucon this year. Um, We'll certainly be rooting for you. Um, And everyone listening out in Hacker Public Radio land, um, if you do know anyone, that can help Benny out. Um, volunteers or or course of speakers, please get in contact with them. Um, it sounds like this is going to be a really really interesting event, um, and I'm, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what happens here. Um, and all that's left for me to do is thank you all for listening, um, and once again thank my guest Benny. Benny, thank you very much.
1: Thank you for the opportunity uh, to also discuss uh, Brooklyn and my blog, and well. It's been a fun experience doing an interview on Skype uh, for the first time.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, uh, Skype, for any people that that ever plan to do interviews on Skype, um, just I warn you, Skype is the most unreliable thing when it comes... It must just be my my natural persona when I touch anything to do with Skype. It just seems to crackle and break all the time. uh, But fingers crossed this has come across come Across well. Uh, anyway, thanks very much, Hacker Public Radio listeners, and goodbye.
1: Thank you for listening to Hacker Public Radio. HPR is sponsored by Caro.net, so head on over to Caro.net for all your hosting media.